0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Say Something Interesting. I'm one of your hosts, Brent. With me, as always, is the other host, Megan. Hi. And we are excited that you would be following up from Sunday's message at Eastlake and just hopefully, generally, uh, 30 minutes uh, worth of your time invested into this podcast and listening. Megan, how are you?
1: Doing well. Yesterday, I had a like minor celebrity moment. <gasps> Someone was like, oh, you're Megan. And I was like, hey, yeah? Yeah. And they're like, from the podcast. And I was like, oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. At church on Sunday? Yeah, at church. I at mean, They like, recognize your voice or they see no, your name No, just
1: was like, I kind of finally was introduced to them. And I, they were like, oh, you're the Megan who's on the that's podcast. Awesome. I was like, oh, okay.
0: So I found out uh, yesterday that my dad listened to last week's podcast. Oh, no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> he might be listening now. Who knows? He said... He came over uh, to the house yesterday afternoon and said, I talked about you on stage today. I said, oh, yeah? And he said, yeah, nine pages of notes. I had seven pages of notes. <laughs> and uh, I was like, I'm pretty sure it was nine. <laughs> and anyways, uh, so he tipped me off that he had heard it and said a few right. things. And and uh, and it was funny because I said, uh, he, he goes, he said, "Megan, she she's she's like she's got a great laugh. She's like really great at that podcast with you." And I'm like, "Yeah, absolutely." And I'm like, "You met her? She was because you were in the room midway, yeah, in the mid service, right?"
1: We didn't like do a whole powwow thing though.
0: We, oh, really? They, and
1: they did well. They did a little bit one outside, but and then they like walked in and he uh, said something because I wasn't so there. I, like, I assumed
0: that you had met him.
1: I met him. I Kylie introduced me to him when I first got there, and then I like talked to him for five seconds in okay. the like office, but. So. I'm not surprised he didn't remember me.
0: <laughs> well, I, what I said was, it's true, like, her personality on a Sunday in between services is a little bit more like, she's got the connect card, she's kind of focused, she's at a computer doing the data entry, she's not as talkative as you are across the table from this, yeah, right? Yeah. You, Which is kind of typical for a lot of people, right? They get up on stage, or the camera's on, they're just like a little bit of a different personality. Well, yeah. Um, and I mean, if
1: I didn't talk here, it'd be, a, like, a horrible thing, so. Right.
0: Yeah, exactly. It'd be a lot of dead air. <laughs> Uh, so no, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad that you do. It's just, it was, it was interesting cause he was like, man, I just, I just don't remember her.
1: <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm pretty sure you met her. But it was really brief. So I'm not, I'm not surprised.
0: Yeah. I, I was trying, as soon as he said it too, and he's probably listening now too, I, I was like reflecting in my brain. Have you ever, Oh yeah. you're like, shoot, did I say, what did I say? Did I say anything? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be mm-hmm. like, uh, oh, Dad wasn't supposed to hear that. Yeah. Anyways.
1: <laughs> I don't think you did. I think it was okay.
0: Yeah. Happy uh first day, April.
1: Yes. It is
0: April Fool's Day today. Have you been pranked yet?
1: No, because um today is also my mother's birthday. Awesome. And
0: so we don't do pranks. You should not call her on her birthday. <laughs> when She's like, why didn't you call me? Like, well, I'm well, going to
1: go over and have dinner with her. No, oh, so. well, that's not going to work
0: then. <laughs> that's not going to work. We're not
1: like a pranking family, so...
0: Uh Kylie is typically uh, she hasn't done anything yet t- today, <laughs> as far as I know. I mean, she's home with kids because it's spring break. Mm-hmm. so uh, but yeah, she, I'm sure she'll yeah, she'll get something. I, I'm always wary when I get text <laughs> messages from her on on a day like today. like I don't know. Dog puked uh, did it though. <laughs> kids have been horrendous. Yeah, right. They're probably angels, so we'll see. but it's also my birthday month. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just oh, in yes. case mm-hmm. uh, you were planning your gifts early and getting on Amazon <laughs> early, I wanted to give you that for sure, that two day window. Uh, April 11th, the first day of the Masters. April's a good month, guys. April is a good month. Uh, Baseball is in full swing now. Uh, the Masters is going to be on television. Yesterday, well, this whole weekend was just gorgeous outside.
1: It was beautiful. I literally had
0: to go. I was. Uh, doing some work outside in the yard, and I had to go put on shorts because it was so hot. It was awesome. And we sat on the back patio, and Kylie and I read, and it was just like, this is, again, this is the reminder. This is why we live in the Tri-Cities. It was one of those kind of evenings. Nice. So I'm excited to come into this season and finally get out of the mess that was 2019 winter. Like three
1: weeks ago, there was snow everywhere.
0: Yeah. And it's a good thing our kids are on spring break this week because, man, they have been inundated with school. And they just need time off, in a way. (laughs) So, it's good. It's all good. Got any big plans for this week?
1: Um, I'm doing a lot of studying. I'm taking a big like standardized test on Friday.
0: Nice. Excellent.
1: Yeah. All those things. I was talking to a kid, and I was like, what are you doing for spring break? And they're like, I don't know. know." And then they're like, what are you doing? And it's like, oh, well... Taking a big test. I'm doing
0: more school than I usually do. <laughs> yeah, I was like,
1: and they were like, I was, they said something, they were like, kind of like, oh. And I was like, yeah, I don't think it sounds very fun either, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. That's right.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Welcome to adulting, huh?
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, we kicked
0: off a brand new series on Sunday called Roma Perpetuate. It feels weird yep. to call it a series because um, it's only two weeks. And that was because I got my calendar stuff wrong. <laughs> and uh, we are having a guest speaker on Palm Sunday and then Easter. And I, I hate like, finishing up a series or starting a series on Easter it feels so different so um we uh it just made it into a 2 week series so
1: mm-hmm.
0: which is fine it, it's going to be great it's on Roman <laughs> coinage so if you missed it um you know
1: i was trying to remember cuz last week you told me the title and i think it was after the podcast i was like so how many first time guests do you think you're going to come to
0: <laughs> yeah no nobody and we tried to like play into that when we like did the yeah. advertisement for it Uh, Uh, and then uh, and then Gary in the video called it perpetua, (laughs) and I'm like, oh Gary. And then he had, uh, did you see the video? Did you were you there for that? Yeah. Did you see the spring break one? I had I had written in the script, hey, share a memory from like your worst spring break experience from college or whatever. And he made the executive decision on the fly to not include in college, Uh and just he just said. So what'd you do for your spring break? And I'll tell you what I did. And it almost felt like it was like to be shown next week after spring break. <laughs> yeah. And or we're talking to a but we just assume that the room is filled with a bunch of high schoolers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and I was like, Oh boy, all right. Just read the script, man. <laughs> what I'm gonna need from you is just to read the script. It's all good. He did great the rest of the thing. So uh, it was fine. Yeah. yeah. He had his mind on other things. It's WrestleMania week, or Royal Rumble, or whatever. I I don't know one of those two things. So terrible, whatever. (laughs) Uh, The idea behind Roma Perpetua has been that uh, on the coinage uh, in Roman times there would be pictures of the emperor and his name, and then the motto of whatever his campaign, his current campaign was. Uh, We listed off several different ones. One of them being Roma Perpetua or Roma Eterna, which basically means or translates to Rome in perpetua in Perpetuity and Rome eternal. So the idea that Rome is is going to always exist—it's too big to fail. It's whatever, and we know on this side of history, uh, kind of that that was kind of a uh, not egoist statement, maybe, but like miscalculated for sure. Rome still exists for sure, but like for completely different reasons. Mm-hmm. No power decision should be made there. You go now there as an act of tourism to see what once was, and uh, it's it's very very. Have you ever been to Rome? Yes. <gasps> Tell me, how was it? <laughs> it was great. I've never been.
1: I was fourteen. It was our first. Well, we lived in Italy for three years because my dad was in the navy. I
0: remember talking about yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Um. So it was our first like trip in Italy after we moved there. So I was still kind of overwhelmed with everything, but we did. It was like around Christmas time. We went to Rome for three, two, three days. Yeah. Um. Not enough time. Well, it's never enough time, right? Uh. So we did. My brother's really into Roman history, and like one of he like just loves the comparisons between Rome and the United States, and like thinking about how the United States might eventually deteriorate similarly to Rome, and just all of that kind of stuff. It's crazy to yeah. think like that, though, huh? Yeah. Um, and so the series actually, I was like yesterday. So now, you're like, oh, but not him. with
0: technology and the way that it is, and uh, all this stuff. Just, and you're like, uh, you don't know. You don't know.
1: <laughs> Anyway, so we did like the Colosseum yeah. and the Pantheon and like the fountain, Trevi Fountain, and the Spanish Stairs and the Vatican. So I got to like stare at the Sistine Chapel and so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's
0: like how'd you feel about going? I mean, you didn't have a choice, but at at fourteen, do you feel like you remembered? Yeah, like, is it is that an age that you're like that was good for me to go? Like, because we're torn. Like, we're parents of like a yeah. eleven year old, right? And so we're like, do we take her on some trips? We're, we want to go to Europe next year. It's our fifteen year anniversary. It's ten years at the church, et cetera, et cetera. And we're like, we, we want to take London, but like it's expensive, a mm-hmm. and then b. It's like I remember going to Israel as a fifteen year old. My parents took me and my sister who was thirteen. And I liked it. I enjoyed it. But like going back now would mean so much more to me.
1: Yeah. I don't think that – I think going back more would mean – going back now would mean more to me like 14-year-old Megan, especially like being really overwhelmed with like moving there and still
0: figuring out all of that. That's different too because you were like this is
1: everything, um, right? So like there are parts that I probably didn't appreciate very well and like would appreciate more now. But – I think there's still value in – I think there's value in exposing your children to different cultures and different things at younger ages because it really expands your worldview. Because I remember – so I then moved back to the United States for my senior year. And I, like, almost daily would say to my mom, these kids, like, their whole world is this county. And we live next to Washington, D.C. Like, but their whole world is this little county in Maryland. And I was just like, they don't even know, like, this is how, <laughs> yeah, how, like, there's a whole big world and they don't even care or know or want to know. So I think there is value in exposing your kids to things that are outside them and, like, really immersing them in different cultures, even at a young age when they might not appreciate it at a level that an adult would appreciate it, they're gonna get something out of it. So,
0: yeah, we came across a book called At Home in the World by t- uh, a girl, a woman named Tish Oxenrider, which by the way, Tish is a great name and it's spelled T S H. I don't know if that's like the <laughs> name her mom gave her, but that's what she's going by. <laughs> Tish, and her last name is Oxenrider. How mm-hmm. awesome is that? <laughs> um, so, anyways, uh, at home in the world, and it talked about how they took their kids on several different, like several year long trips. They would they would plan and do this, and I mean that's definitely not for everybody, but it really challenged us, Kylie and I, as we kind of read this thing together about how we we want to give. We have eighteen years with each of our kids, right? We want to expose them to as much of the world as we can, you know, fiscally and you know whatever. And uh, give them a good picture that it's not just Pasco, Richland, Kennewick. Yeah. I, that's important. I want a connection to home, mm-hmm. but I also want you to see alternative, uh, like cultures and different ways of doing life in the world. Yeah. Um, so, anyways,
1: I think you make better citizens when you have probably when you like expose your children to those things. And I don't. know. I. I have a really strong, obviously that's how I was raised, but, and that was one of the reasons my parents were, when they were deciding about joining the Navy, that's one of the things they were like, you know what? I think it won't destroy our children. I think it will actually really benefit our children being exposed to all of these different kinds of people. Even if we just stayed in the United States the whole time, um, being exposed to all these different kinds of people and experiences. So, yeah. But that was uh, a super sidetrack.
0: No, that's great. <laughs> that's what this podcast all about. Um, Speaking of mottos on coinage and currency, I mean, uh-huh. obviously, I said, I, I said coinage, but it, they didn't have paper pills. So there was no, <laughs> there was no uh, currency in that way. Uh, can you imagine if every presidential,
1: you know, when you said that
0: candidate in our era uh-huh. got a chance to kind of like put their mark on the money?
1: I know when you said that, I was like, oh. <laughs>
0: Like how you it, could
1: like feel this like ripple through the service of yeah. people thinking, what would our current president put on? A I line?
0: would. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, all, all of it. Or like
1: all of it. Like.
0: So who in the? Well, I don't. <laughs> it's so hard because you don't want to go political, but no. like who would have like the money that would be like everybody loves using so and so's bills <laughs> because they would you know they would have more value than the other ones uh-huh. or something like that. they'd become uh-huh. collectors' items and be like wow. These are out of circulation now because they're so rare, uh, and like the different presidential slogans along the way that you mm-hmm. forget about kind of what they uh, what they were. So, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you've got uh, Obama's being what forward, or onward, a or change, hope and no, change. I mean,
1: change, I, like hope of change and hope. Change. I don't even remember
0: hoping for change. I, all <laughs> kinds of. Uh, I'm I'm trying to remember. There's a couple like big ones that. Uh, I'm 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 pulling up list of presidential campaign slogans. Okay. I'm gonna read a couple okay. of them to you, and then you tell me. Oh
1: well, we all know. I mean, current president, make America great again. Right. Those slogan. ones are
0: easy, right? Um. Okay, these are old. I got. I got to come into more modern ones here, so you have a chance. Um.
1: I've only been like four presidents since I've been alive. So. How about
0: let's make America great again?
1: Is that Donald Trump? No, uh, oh. no. <laughs> Who's that one?
0: <laughs> Ronald Reagan, oh. 1980.
1: Oh, that makes I a little understand. bit of sense.
0: Yeah. Um, kinder, gentler nation.
1: Is that Bill Clinton? Nope. Is that someone who actually became the president?
0: Yes, it is. I- I'll only give you once because there are lists of here uh, of oh, okay. other ones, but but uh, other candidates. But no. Is
1: it first George Washington? Yes. George
0: Bush. H Dub. H-dub, it is. Um, let's see.
1: I mean, there's only- Building
0: a, li- a Bridge to the 21st Century.
1: Is that Bill Clinton?
0: That one is Bill Clinton.
1: <laughs> You're going in order. Uh, this is becoming sh- challenging.
0: Sh- <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to do not president, so you have to actually think about it, Okay. <laughs> This is like the most dead air, whatever. Uh, a stronger America?
1: Uh, oh, uh, I don't know.
0: John Kerry.
1: Um,
0: people fighting back, and we will fight back.
1: Oh my gosh, is that like new Not Pinkerts who you think it would be. Who is that?
0: Ralph Nader.
1: Oh, I thought it was like a third party. Someone. Yeah, yeah,
0: but like he's like the Green Party, like <laughs> peace, whatever. We will fight back. <laughs> Like, we want everything good for plants, but we will fight back.
1: <laughs> uh, ready for
0: change? Ready to lead?
1: Is that... Uh, Hillary.
0: Uh, oh, Hillary. Hillary. That was Hillary's? No, uh, apparently, uh, in 2008. So she uh, ran a couple times, that's right? That's true. So 2008, yeah. Um, America's comeback team? I don't know. Mitt Romney? Oh. Anyways. Can you imagine? <laughs> we're, we're done. We can we can move on. it uh, was like, slow down." Uh, I'm just yeah. It, it is an interesting dynamic to uh, to have that on there, and uh, um, for uh, this this idea of the series simply being uh, that oftentimes in life we will go through experiences uh, where it does feel like this will never end, mm-hmm. and that can either be like a really good thing, like it can feel like oh, confidence in like financial security that will never end. I'm okay, right? Or it can be like something that's either a season of life or a loss or um, depression or anxiety or whatever, and you feel like this just never ends. So it's it's all about
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of where the power structure is and um, how we uh, uh, how we handle that and, and monitoring our re- reactions to this idea that what is will always be. How does that make you feel? How does it make you sit and then um, does it reveal an overall, I mean, it it should push us towards a divine trust that God is in control of this and uh, even in the spite of of what we have. So anyways.
1: My, I kind of, so the being on the good side of that, like the, like I'm in a good place. I want this to last forever. And, but always remembering like this is not forever. Yeah. This will not be this way forever. And that's that, for me, I kind of had the feeling of that's that reminder of thankfulness. That's, like, you are here now. You need to be thankful for what you have now and here and, like, recognize that it won't always be and it can't always be. And when it changes, you can remember, okay... Like I was provided for, I will be provided for again. But just that in those moments of security, remembering to be thankful for that and um, understanding the temporary nature of it, which like you kind of um, talked about that being a child, like being really challenging. But I think if you, which it can be, but if you take it in a when you have those moments of like, this won't be forever, I won't always necessarily have this security or have this health or have this whatever. Um, If you, instead of being like really like scared and challenged by it, you let it be a moment of thankfulness. I think that can really change your perspective about how you interpret the, just the forever change that is always around us. So.
0: Do you think that different generational personalities, i.e. millennials, gen Xers, Boomers, blah blah blah, do you think that they react to this thing differently across the board or is it unique to people's personalities? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean sure there is some generational culture that um dictates how you do react. Do you think to that millennials kind of are thing?
0: so used to technological advancement and technology breeds change that they're more adapt adaptable to change and therefore the idea that what is will always be is like not in my world, right? Like, I, yeah. I felt like that's kind of a pushback. Whereas Roman, maybe you know, Roman culture transpired uh, like slowly, the, their mm-hmm. empire was a long time, right? Um, and uh, in America, it kind of moved so fast that
1: I think we're still like uh, even millennials, yeah, like the day to day changes or the operation changes. But if you ask most American millennials and you said, so, um, In fifty years, what do you think is going to happen? They will talk about America still being America. They will talk about, like, in terms of like big structural things like that. They would talk about it continuing and being the same. I don't like even me. Like I know it probably won't, but I can't think of a future when America isn't America. Yeah, you know, and so I don't. That doesn't change. I don't know. Kind of. I I don't think other people do that either. I think it's a Like those big systems, those big countries, you don't see that changing because there's security in that, there's safety in that. And you don't want, even a millennial who's like, yeah, I change jobs every five minutes, doesn't want to like have the big general structure change. Now, it's funny because you and I are in two
0: different spots in terms of. Career-wise, because you're getting ready to take this test. That's gonna be like I'm gonna be uh, a teacher. My goal is to be a teacher Mm -hmm. full time. I'm doing after school program, but that's not the same thing as what I'm about to get into, right? Um, And I'm a pastor, and like uh, we're hanging out in Vegas with with the buddies, and and these guys I only see a couple of them sometimes once a year. And you know, how's it going? What's your plan? You gonna be there long term or whatever? And it's just like in in my mind, it's easy to be like, yeah, I don't see any changes but i'm like but i know like you have to be open to that too like you don't want to be like i just this is i'm head down plugging away till i'm 50 Mm -hmm. or you (laughs) can you imagine getting that old just kidding all the people who are 50 Uh, you're also
1: not that far away from that hey
0: hey hey (laughs) that is a a long ways away there megan
1: you're almost on the downslip of do 30. You, how
0: old do you think I'm going to be?
1: You're going to be 36, right?
0: Oh, you knew that. <laughs> Kudos to you. The do you know how old I'm going to be this summer? When oh my gosh, my Megan. Probably 21. We'll go out and celebrate it. <laughs>
1: 21. Jacks
0: <objects> or whatever. <laughs> I have no idea. That's okay. Uh, I, 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 do, do you want me to guess? I will. You're fine. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'm in if you're in. But
1: uh, I'm going to be 32.
0: Okay. There you go. I re- really, yeah. I thought you were younger than that. No, uh, no. Yeah. All right. <laughs> um,
1: and uh, so,
0: yeah, I, I just, I, I felt like, like I am surprised, and I don't know if it's because I'm like that, like fringe Gen Xer, or uh, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm not quite a millennial, but I'm not, I'm like a mutt, basically. Mm-hmm. That uh, I'm not, like, I don't feel that pressure to be like, oh yeah, something needs to change. I need to go do something different. Like I've only had a couple of major j- career not major job changes in my life, right? <laughs> uh it's been a uh, pretty steady Eddie. So, yeah. whatever. It's just different. It is different. Yeah.
1: And it and I think there is some okayness with change in our current culture and just because of how fast all of technology is changing things, but yeah, it is different.
0: How about uh the comments about Jesus walking with his disciples pointing at the temple and saying uh this kind of stuff and then immediately him going into more what are t- what's called apocalyptic discourses. You and I had a conversation about this in between services mm-hmm. and challenged me to maybe address that a little bit more clearly, which I think I tried to do in second, but I still don't know if I did. you got to remember, <laughs> uh, Luke was not a disciple of Jesus. He was a doctor who took it upon himself to write for a friend who wanted more information in an orderly account, right? So he writes to Theophilus and says, I, I put together an orderly account and doctors, in the way that they do, compartmentalize things, and so his timeline sometimes doesn't follow. Uh, marks. Marks would be kind of probably the first gospel written, and it has its own kind of way of doing things, and there would be some elaborations and some shifting of things. And so Luke takes several different thoughts about what Jesus potentially said regarding either future prophecies or apocalyptic literature about or in times, or uh, or this idea of even the temple system breaking down, or potentially the invasion of uh, of Rome, depending on what you believe about that, and kind of compile it all together in this, uh, you know, summarize it right here. And then immediately after that, he goes, it starts the passion narrative, which is the stuff leading up towards Easter. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of bookends it all in that way and kind of moves on uh, directly. So that, that kind of explains the organizational piece of it. And in it, he's pretty fluid about, um, he's pointing at a temple, uh, and he says that's gonna that's gonna fall and then he's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. So he goes from like temple structure to Jerusalem as a whole. To then talks about the ends of the world uh, and uh, all of the stuff that you've you know seen in the crazy movies and seen on signs and on people's cars about uh, whatever else that's that's taking place and that can be very very confusing and we can get in a very reactive uh, that me too me too when I when I see that or read that I'm like I know it's in there but I don't want to deal with it you mm-hmm. know what I mean that kind of a thing mm-hmm. um, so I'm super excited because in September. Um, we are bringing over a uh, professor that I took in at uh, university uh, named Ron Herms, and he did his dissertation in apocalyptic literature, specifically Daniel and Revelation, and how it wasn't necessary. It- there's so much of it not for future bent stuff, but um, a uh, talking about the empire of that time and using imagery-laden language to be able to write this because for fear that it wouldn't get out to people. If we actually identify it as mm-hmm. Rome as the empire, then Rome's going to take the material and toss it. If we identify it as this future you know, crazy dragon that's going to be this, they're going to be like, yeah, whatever, let it pass, and it can be distributed, and the word can get out, and then hopefully the audience will understand who we're actually talking about, mm-hmm. this empire that claims... The Savior of the world is here in peace, but it's forced peace. It's not a real Savior, all that kind of stuff. So anyways, he's going to be here in September, and we are going to do an East like you on a Friday night uh, about that kind of stuff, and then I'm going to have him talk on Sunday morning. So it's going to be not an end-time series, but it is going to be about kind of Revelation (laughs) stuff. So I'm super excited about it. And— um. So if you've read, if you listened to this talk and then, you know, read even even on past the first few verses that we covered in Luke t- 21, and it all became very confusing, um, A, I think I'm going to address some of it in this next Sunday, but then B, make sure you come and are a part of our September uh, push in East Like You with Dr. Herms. So, nice. Yeah. All right. Anything else that stood out to you? Uh, not really. Okay. Then let's jump into our something interesting. Right. So I would love for you to go first. Okay.
1: Mine is some fun April Fool's Day facts. Awesome. Um, so mm, let's see. Um so first of all, it's pretty unclear uh when exactly it started, but one theory as to why it started is that when um they switched calendars from the to the Gregorian calendar, or whatever yeah. it was. um, Like, April 1st used to be the new year. And so people who didn't realize they switched were, like, still celebrating it. And so they started calling them fools. And that's, like, one theory as to why it started oh, is when they changed calendars and people were still celebrating the new they year. They did it because they April. felt like
0: spring was the start. Like, that's new life, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So winter is when you go to die. Uh, everything dies and it's cold and, and dark and now light is becoming back and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's part of it. Yeah. Anyway,
1: so that is one theory as to when it started, but it's pretty unclear. In France, they um, one prank that is common is that you put like a paper fish on people's backs.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't. Oh, and then that's it.
0: <laughs> uh, that was got him. Yeah, got him. <laughs> Didn't even see it coming.
1: Mm, um, and then. Like, so my favorite favorite is a number of like news agencies have done April Fool's pranks. BBC in particular has done like four or five that have just been really good. So, in the 1950s, the BBC ran a story about spaghetti shortage in Switzerland and showed footage of people harvesting spaghetti noodles off of trees. And people like believed it. That's awesome. Yeah. Another one is in 1976, they announced that um, on that day, the gravity of the Earth would be reduced by a certain level. And whoever jumped in the air would lightly float in the air. And people who hadn't noticed the date might have jumped to realize Mother Earth cannot lose its attraction. So anyway, that was part of the article. but. So they, people believed it and started, like, jumping and were disappointed. And then another one that BBC did, which I kind of remember this one. In 2008, they um, did a telecast that penguins in Antarctica started flying. Nice. <laughs> um, and they have... Oh, and they went to South America's rainforests. Um, what's another? Oh, one time a travel agency... Uh, announced a trip to Mars for a specific period of time. Okay. And people yeah. Anyway, so
0: got to be careful out there guys.
1: Yeah. Oh, this one's funny. So Google launched Gmail on um March 31st, and so people thought it was a joke because it like they woke up and it was April 1st, and so they thought Gmail was a joke. They didn't think it was real yeah. at first cuz they launched it that day. So Anyway, so those are some of the cool facts. Also, Taco Bell did one a few years ago um, where they said they were going to buy the Liberty Bell and rename it the Liberty Taco Bell.
0: Yeah, I remember that yeah. campaign. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, There was somebody in the lobby yesterday at church who said that their anniversary uh, is today. Well, they said it's tomorrow mm-hmm. and it's April Fool's or whatever. And we, we laughed because I think it was like 25 years or whatever. And mm-hmm. and I said, I wonder if she said yes. <laughs> as a joke and then she just had to like stick it out you know what I mean like you imagine me like yeah of course I'll marry you we've known each other for two weeks that'd be hilarious we'll go tell my parents that we uh, we got engaged hilarious and then w- when do we break the news that it's uh, a joke and no it's like I'm serious I'd, I'd like to marry you and like oh crap this yeah. ring is really nice let's stick it out <laughs> Who knows? Uh, great. awesome. Uh, so my thing is that uh, Kylie, one of our favorite shows, is back, and I, I I try and stay away from shows, but this one's so good, and it's the final season. What do you mean you try
1: and stay away from shows? Well, I I, I did. You recommend I shows all week. the time. I know. I know. <laughs> uh,
0: it's it's Veep, and it's uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus, the uh, Elaine from Seinfeld, is mm-hmm. is how she's more commonly known. She probably would hate being uh, like. I don't know. Introduces that. I mean, I don't know the kind if of. You like Julia Louis Dreyfus. You probably know who it is. Probably yeah.
1: known from Elaine. At, uh, season
0: seven just started last night. It launched, and uh, she made an announcement. Uh, late last year, that she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Yes, and so, uh, but I think that they had already decided that this was going to be the final season, anyways. But it just made the season even more like you watch somebody kind of going through that, and you're like, oh man, like how do you keep the straight? Fa-? Like it's still it's still funny, but it's it's really it's really difficult. Um, I'm sure to be able to have that like stage face on, you know what I mean? Uh, same thing happened recently uh, Catastrophe. It's the uh, Amazon Prime show, Rob Delaney, and uh, I, I mentioned that one a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago too. And come find out his son uh, died of brain, uh, a brain tumor at two and a half years old mm. uh, in January of 2018. And then he films this show and it like brings this whole new. I'm sure I, I don't know when they filmed it. It might have been before that happened. I think it was like kind of during and after. And I like to go back to work, especially in the work of comedy, and to have kind of a like a unique outlook, positive outlook on life and do this, and even though you're dealing with some of this internal issue, you're like you kind of appreciate the art of it that much mm-hmm. more and and kind of like them. And you're cheering for them, mm-hmm. I think as people and not just characters in a show so anyways uh like i don't, I don't mean to bring a somber mood to it <laughs> but we really do like veep and uh, and it's back for season seven and come on yeah, i've seen a couple episodes That's cheer good. on julia luis dreyfus so yeah good stuff all right uh the only announcement that i have is this friday night we are doing our date night done right at the church we do these about four times a year three or four times a year um, it's uh, – we take care of child care. Uh, we, so child care opens at 6 at the church. You go out to dinner. Uh, you come back at 7.30 for dessert, wine, and live comedy show. And uh, John and Justin Snyder uh, are going to be doing it. And he's got a buddy that comes with him. I asked him last yesterday at church. I said, do you guys have a name? Like, is there a name that I could kind of – he's like, no, nah, just come up with one. <laughs> so that's my Why assignment
1: decide to let you do that I don't know but that's my
0: assignment this week is to come up with some fantastic great names for these well, guys he's
1: certainly gonna learn one this of lesson. them I've
0: never met then they'll, they'll never ask me to do that again um so if nothing else come for that because that's gonna be brilliant I have no idea if they're gonna be funny but those will be funny so yeah um, and I'm just going to practice it a few times. I'm going to be like, you know, here they are. Uh, and I don't even want to give a name out right now. I need to work on it. So okay, okay. anyways, super pumped about that. Friday <laughs> night, though, uh, if you go to eastlaketricity.com date night, more information is there. You can also RSVP on there so that we know how much Costco cake to buy and uh, how many childcare people to get set up with, too. So that'd be awesome. Uh, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Mm-hmm. Say something interesting. If you missed the talk from Sunday, EastlakeTriCities.com slash talks, or uh, we'd love to have you come back uh, and just check it out in person this Sunday, 9, 30, and 11 at the Uptown Theater for part two and the conclusion of Roma Perpetua. So, nice. Megan, have a great week. Good luck you on also. your test. Thank you. Can't wait to hear. Will you find out next week what, how you I did? I think or is I'll that-
1: know, like, after, so there's three sections, reading, writing, math. I'll know about reading and writing, or reading and math right away, but I think the writing one has to get, like, graded.
0: Okay. So, so we won't know by Monday.
1: Can, we, can know, we celebrate anyways? Can we bring probably. in some
0: cake and do some fun stuff? Sure. You'll have a good feel for it at that yeah. point, right?
1: I'll know about reading so and math. Here's what by I'm gonna need point. from
0: you though. On Sunday, you're gonna have to be like, Let's bring cake in. Okay. Or you're gonna be like, Nah, eh, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> that way I don't have to ask like okay. how to go. Okay. Because I know that's a big deal. This is yeah. a big stressor for you. Yeah. So I wanna I wanna give you something to look forward to, but I also don't wanna put that pressure on you. Okay. In case it's like, well, we're gonna take this a couple times. It'll be all right. We'll get it. We'll get this thing figured out. This is just a dry run.
1: Yeah, my mentor at one point was like, "Megan, what's the worst that can happen?" And I was like, "I fail and have to take it again." <laughs> She's like, "Exactly, that's literally the worst." And I was like, "But I don't want to do that."
0: All right. <laughs> well, we'll uh, we'll celebrate Monday. Okay, looking forward to it. Right. Have a great week, guys. Bye. See ya.